Welcome to Emotional Detox. My name is Sherrianna, and I am so grateful that you are here today. And I'm wondering how y'all are doing out there with this coronavirus thing, how you're feeling. I know there's a lot of anxiety going around and people feeling worried and concerned about that. And I want to remind you, if you didn't know already, that I wrote a book called Emotional Detox for Anxiety. And I also put together some cleansing meditations for you. So if you want to head over to my website, sherryannaboyle.com, you can grab those meditations that are specifically designed for cleansing your concerns and worries about the coronavirus. Now, in addition to feeling anxiety about that, it's interfering with our productivity. I know a lot of people that are feeling a little stuck, a little worried. Their plans are changing, and I have an expert here to help us with that, and his name is David Allen. David is one of the world's most influential thinkers on productivity. He has 35 years experience as a management consultant and an executive coach. He has earned him the title of personal productivity guru by Fast Company Magazine and one of America's top five executive coaches by Forbes Magazine. The American Management Association has ranked David in the top 10 business leaders, top 10 guys. His best-selling book, The Groundbreaking, and I love this, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, has been published in 30 languages, and his GTD methodology has become a global phenomenon being taught by training companies in 60 countries. David, his company, and his partners are dedicated to teaching people how to stay relaxed and productive in our fast-paced world. His website is gettingthingsdone.com. David, welcome to Emotional Detox. Hey, Sherrianna, delighted to be here. Thanks for the oh, invitation. This, yeah. this is really special. Let me tell you, really, really special. So excited to hear your wisdom. I have to say, one of my team members was so happy that I'm having you on the show. They were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, can you ask him this? Can you ask him that? And so I've got a couple of questions of my own and I have a, a question from my team member, but I thought it would make sense, David, if we start with defining productivity how do how do you define it well everybody is already productive because you're producing whatever you're getting mm. productivity just means you know producing whatever it is you're focused on and whatever it is you want to produce or that you just wind up producing what most people think by productivity is in some sort of an increase in their productivity which means get done what you're getting done with less effort or get more done with the effort you're putting in pretty simple so that's usually what people refer to when they're talking about a productivity game. Productivity, but sorry, Shariana, productivity's got a lot of baggage as a concept. Yeah, really. You know, it's like oh, busy. Oh my God, work harder. I got I got enough to do. But <laughs> if you if you go to a party to boogie and you don't boogie, it's an unproductive party. If you go on a vacation to relax and you don't relax, it's an unproductive vacation. So when you think about the global you know, definition of productivity it just means, you know, producing whatever it is you want to produce as, as either a, a material or physical outcome. I'll make this much money, 
you know, get a new toaster, hire the vice president, get my tooth fixed, or it could be an experience. Wow, I'd like to feel happier today. I'd like to feel more relaxed by the end of the week. Mm. So it could be either, you know, material outcomes or experiential or emotional outcomes. In other words, if you want to be happy by the end of the day and you're not happy, it's an unproductive day, given not by my definition, but by yours. Right. Wow. I love that. So you say that we're already productive. It depends what we're focused on. Yeah. Well, you're producing what you get. You're producing right now this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're producing, you're producing what you're wearing. You're producing the lifestyle you're in. You're, You're producing all that. So you can't stop being productive. I mean, we're just, we're in the world. And so you're, you're in a world of doing and in a world of manifesting. Yeah. Whether it's what you want to be manifesting and doing or not, that's another issue. But you're doing it already. I love that. Yeah. That's and, awesome. and everybody probably needs to pat themselves on the back. The fact that they're even listening <laughs> to this means they, they've somehow made it through a whole lot of jump through a lot of hoops in their life since they were born to get to this place, you know? So come on. Yay. You know, good work there. Good work, everybody. Yay. I absolutely love that. I mean, that is so valuable. I mean, right out of the gate, David, you're just giving us such good information that we're already producing and you're producing what you get. And that, then you, and you have yeah. a say in that. That said, you know, your audience yeah. and your topic, one of the keynotes of what I'm speaking about these days is ambient anxiety. Hmm. Most people are living ambient anxiety, not so much overwhelm. If you were really overwhelmed, you'd fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, if your if your building started burning down, you'd feel overwhelmed and you'd fix it. You'd get out of the building. You'd do stuff. Yeah. It's the it's the nascent. It's that sort of ambient anxiety that just lurks there, that mm-hmm. wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning, that yeah. just has you basically nervous about your life and what you're yeah. doing and what you're not doing. And you know that's a lot of what the methodology that I came up with works to alleviate. Because the ambient anxiety is coming from agreements you've made that you don't feel comfortable about what you're doing about them. Uh-huh. But those things show up at a lot of different levels. You have an agreement about why you're on the planet with yourself. You have an agreement about what you're trying to produce in terms of career and lifestyle as a long-term vision. You have agreements about, you know, want to do over the next year or two, especially if you have a life partner or, you know, or engaged in business or whatever. You have agreements about all the things you need to maintain, like your health and your vitality and your, and your relationships and your fun. Yeah. You, have a, you have agreements with yourself about all the things you need to finish about all that. So you're saying that some of the ambient anxiety is due to the unconscious agreements? What yeah, well, most about- people are most people are not conscious of how many agreements they've made, and they're not then they're not appropriately engaged with them. Mm. Let me give you a silly little example. Okay. Do you have a pet? Yes, I have two. Dogs, cats. I have a cat and a dog. If you say, I need cat food more than once to yourself in your mind, you're Mm -hmm. inappropriately engaged with your cat, (laughs) right? The reason it showed up to begin with is because you have some commitment to do something about that relative to your engagement with them. If it pops in a second time, it just means you're not handling this yet. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Handling it doesn't mean you have to drop everything and go buy cat food. Mm -hmm. It just means you better put it on a post-it on the fridge and somebody will see it when they go to the store next. I love it. So hold on, slow down because you're, you're, you're so good. I got to slow you down. So, so handling it doesn't mean you have to do something right away. It means you have to, that's showing up and you want to put it down on a piece of paper to remind well, you yourself have, or you have, to, you have to decide what the thing means to you that has your attention. You okay. Know? What has your attention? What's on your mind? You don't have to go very far to see where to apply this. Just say, well, most people probably listening to this and we've only been talking a couple of minutes that probably had their mind trail off into something that has nothing to do with what you and I are saying yet. 
Mm-hmm. And wherever their mind went is something that they're not yet appropriately engaged with. The reason it's on their mind is mm-hmm. there's something about it they haven't decided or they haven't parked the results somewhere that they trust they, them or somebody appropriately would see it at the right time. Mm-hmm. So you're not probably worried about where you need to be Tuesday, uh, two weeks from Tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's probably not on your mind. No, it's not. But that's because you've made the decisions about what that needs to be. You've parked that in some place you trust you'll see at the right time. Yeah. So it's not bothering you. Okay. It's not distracting you. Right. It doesn't mean you have to like where you're going to have to be two weeks from now. Right. It just means that you don't have, your mind doesn't have the job of remembering, reminding, prioritizing, managing relationships. You've already done that. So you teaching us why things show up in the mind and you're making a connection to some of the agreements that we might not be aware of. Well, everybody's aware of them if you hold them to it. Okay. All I have to do is have, you know, is walk around. If I, if you hired me as a coach, you know, yeah. sorry, I'm just going to show up and say, Hey, anything on, on or in or around your desk that doesn't belong there permanently or in your purse or in your pack or your briefcase. Mm-hmm. We're going to pull that out and throw it in your in basket. Let's make sure you have an in basket to begin with. So you got some place to put those things. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. that's where we're, we're going to start to see what's got your attention. Those things are yelling at you, whispering at you. They're doing something to you. Okay. Right. They say, okay. hey, make some, decide about me, do okay. something with me, handle me, deal, deal yeah. with me. Right? And so it's kind of interesting because I'm going between my emotional detox hat and I'm listening to you because sometimes those things can be a little bit triggering, right? Emotionally, we can, but sure. they don't realize, we don't realize that they're triggering us, sure. right? So what you're saying is, yeah. Most, most people are living in the ambient anxiety of all of these commitments, little, big, personal, professional, subtle, not so subtle, that they have not appropriately engaged with. They haven't got them out of their mind. They haven't made the decisions about what to do about them. They haven't parked the results in some trusted external brain that they know they'll see at the right time. Mm-hmm. And so they walk around with that anxiety, which is going to cause them to over and underreact to everything, yeah. emotionally and every other way. I don't deal with people's emotions. I just deal with the process. They deal with their own emotions. But it's interesting that you see how many emotions get resolved or mm-hmm. made a lot more positive once people actually start to get in, you know, get back in the driver's seat of all of these commitments. Mm-hmm. How do you appropriately engage? Well, you decide what it means to you. Decide if it's actionable, yes or no. If it's not, it's either trash, reference material, or something that you might want to be reminded about later on through some sort of systematic process. Mm -hmm. If it is something you need to act on, what's the very next action you need to take? What's the very next thing you need to do if you had nothing else to do in your life but that? Where would you go and what would you do? Would you write an email? Would you surf the web? Would you go to the store? Would you talk to your partner? What's Mm -hmm. the next thing you need to do about that thing that has your attention? And if one action won't finish it, what's the outcome that you're committed to complete about it? What's the project? Get your tooth fixed. Hire the vice president. Uh, research whether to give the kids karate lessons or not. Mm-hmm. Now, come on. Most people have 50 to 100 projects. If you take a broad definition called something that's going to take more than one step to finish, you're committed to actually complete. And most mm-hmm. people don't have a clue. But they're not aware of what that whole inventory is. So that's a lot of what my methodology is, is getting real yeah. clear about what's, the, what's your inventory. And then what are you going to do about them? What are the specific things? It's really outcome and action. Yeah. If you think about some sort of a, you know, kind of a universal definition of productivity, it's just outcome and action. What are you trying to produce? How do you need to allocate your resources your, or your attention to make that happen? And so outcome and action, but most people's to-do lists don't have either one. Right. 
what you That's feel. That's true. Down. We write down what we have to do, but we don't yeah. write out yeah. outcome and action down. <laughs> if you had a to-do list, you could pull it out right now and embarrass yourself by going through what you've got on there. And I'll tell you what decisions you have not yet made about what's on your to-do list. Well, I do. I have a to-do list, David, right next to me. What's on it? Give me some. Well, I do. And I've done quite a few of them already this morning, but I have, well, I wrote a blog and that's, that's done. I just haven't actually pushed it out yet. I have to email a couple people. Mm-hmm. I have to print some tickets I bought for my daughter to go on to a pool with her friends that I bought off Groupon. So now I got to remember to print the tickets and I have to pay a couple people that I paid to do something. So those are three things on my list. Yeah. Well, you've got some very specific actions to do and the yeah. projects. Yeah. Do these actions complete whatever those things are about? Or any of those part of a bigger thing? Part of a bigger thing. Uh, yeah. The email that I have to send out is part of something that could go into something bigger. Right. So that's a re- you got a research project. Look into whether it could or not? Scheduling. It's scheduling. It's making it happen. It's coordinating schedules with different people and see if we can all get on the same page so we can constructively do something together. So, And and that's all complete when what's true. You get to mark that whole game off as done when what's true. Oh boy. When what's true? Mm -hmm. You get to Uh, mark it up. Mark that whole, all that stuff. There's a box next to it. You get to mark that off as totally complete. When what's true? You mean the outcome? Yeah. When I have this email, this scheduled in the book. In order to do what? To have a meeting. In order to do what? A reoccurring meeting in order to to support people. So is is the reoccurring meeting been set up as a regular process? It's in the direction of that. So you've got the project to set it up so that it's on cruise control, correct? That's where I'm heading towards. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the project. So until that's clear and you have that on the list that you know you're going to look at at least once a week, you're not yet appropriately engaged with your commitment. It's still rattling around in your brain, which is a crappy office. Look at that. I am not appropriately engaged right now. So, okay. So I hope the reason it's still on your mind is because you don't trust. You'll see a reminder about that outcome sufficiently enough. You may have the next action on it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, most people don't have either one. Okay. Most people have on their, look at their to-do list. They, it has mom <laughs> or dog <laughs> or karate lessons or tooth or vice president or culture change or whatever the hell, you know, oh, that they boy. wrote down, but they still haven't decided, well, wait a minute, what's the next thing I need to do on that? And I get to mark it off as complete when what's true. So they haven't done the action and outcome thinking to finish their thinking about the commitment. So you get to mark it off, and I hope everyone's listening to this, mark it off as complete when what is true. Right. I'm not sure if we should get divorced or not. What? What what would you like as the final outcome? I want to be clear with my partner right now about our relationship. Fabulous. See, it gets pretty subtle. But it's still a very specific outcome. Doesn't mean you have to decide whether you're going to get divorced or not. It means you're going to need to get clear about Ooh, what, to, what to do. So this goes beyond when we're talking productivity. You're you're talking about a lot of things. This is a broad. Well, shall we re- shall we rewind the tape? And I said, why are you on the planet? 
What's your ideal outcome in life? What are the things you need to accomplish in the shorter term? What are the things you need to maintain so you get there? What are the projects you need to finish? And what are the actions you need to take about all the moving parts? Those are the six horizons that you have commitments about. So, so, you know, yeah, we just, we just indicated one that's kind of a little bit up the horizon. Yeah. Manage an appropriate positive relationship, you know, with people. So, but but it's all the same stuff. It is all the same. You're right. I mean, I can see where you can use that same process in many different situations. Exactly. Ooh. One of my one of my certified trainers we have, a, a new partner of mine in South Africa, is a is a is a practicing psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. And I asked William, I said, William, so tell me the difference between, you know, this getting things done methodology that I teach, that mm-hmm. he's now teaching as well, and he loves it, and psychotherapy. He said, Well. Uh, it's not the same thing. Psychotherapy handles a lot of things that this methodology doesn't necessarily handle. He said, Mm -hmm. but if people don't apply this methodology, they don't even know what the problem is to have the psychotherapist deal with it. What this does is it gets them a lot clearer about what the issue really is. Yeah. And then it makes it much easier to then do the therapy process. So I would imagine in your game and in your field too, this would make a whole lot of difference too. It's going to be a whole lot make a whole lot of difference if people are clearer in their head about where their anxiety is coming from. Yeah. And, and and there's nothing more grounding and calming about clarity. Oh, sure. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, yeah. so you're teaching people a process that they can apply in their work and their relationships with anything. Anywhere. Anything, anything's got their attention that they want anything to be potentially different than it currently is. And what you're saying is a lot of times, and this will reduce anxiety. Oh, sure. And reduce stress in your life overall sure. with everything. Well, you know, the whole popularity of, of mindfulness these days is all about being present. Mm-hmm. So I just learned that 35 years ago, both in the martial arts and then with this work that I do. It's like, well, what do you need to do to get your head clear? Mm-hmm. So that you're totally present with whatever you're doing, cooking spaghetti, tucking your bed, your kids into bed, having a difficult conversation, watching your kid play soccer instead of being on your iPhone. I mean, those are the results of actually getting present. Mm, I love that. So the results of getting present. Well, anxiety comes from either regret of the past or fear of the future. Mm-hmm. So if you're present, you're in neither one. Right, right. It can't exist there. Mm-mm. Can I throw you another one? Can I throw you one of my my team members? Be be my guest. And we'll just apply your methodology here, your thinking. So her question is, you know, what do you do when you feel like you're always on call? How do you manage boundaries? And what are some best practices for that? Oh, very easy. Just go to the local fire department and ask them. Yeah. Okay, you're going to have to go into that a little bit more, David. I mean, they don't, they don't, fire department doesn't have fires and crises and interruptions. That's their work. That's their business. That's their right, work. Right. So if that's your world, that's your world. If you don't like that world, get a new job. Ooh, David. Wow. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, seven, I'm, I'm turned 75 this year. So you, you know. just say it, and I love it. Come on. I'm kind of cranky and direct. <laughs> And you finally smiled. I was waiting for you to crack a smile. <laughs> I'm watching you go. <laughs> All right. So, but you know, come on. I, you know, I, yeah. No, tell there's us a point, like there's it a, is, David. There's a, I mean, there's a point we, there. Yeah. You say you're always on call. What does that mean? Well, go have a baby and you're always on call. Go have a, you know, we're always on call with all kinds of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. If you have a life that you may have overcommitted, you may be spoiled and think you could do a lot more things than you can actually do very well. And so mm-hmm. that's your, you know, that, that there's a simple solution to that. It's called get older. So, and, so don't, don't think you can do it all. Okay. You know? So, and, and always on call. I don't, I understand what they mean. It's like, yeah. I think with emails, a text, can you do this? Can you do that? Do you mind, you know, I've got to get this out. What's what's your role in your relationship with who's asking? Mm. If that's unclear, you're stuck. Mm -hmm. What is your role in relationship with who is asking? Yeah. That's going to circle back to your agreements, I would imagine. Absolutely. Wow. So it's like, what did I agree to do? How did I agree to be here? And, you know, that can get pretty complex and pretty interesting because one of the things also that's increasing the potential anxiety out there is that nothing's new except how frequently things are new. So, I mean, how many times did your parents have to totally reintegrate, recalibrate, refocus their lives Mm -hmm. as opposed to you? So that's what's new is how many things are showing up. And then the stress of opportunity again, it's like there's so many things that people could be doing at any mm. point in time and might be doing, oh, where I could do that. I could do that. Oh my God. Oh my God. I could do that. And that is a really good point that there's so much opportunity that it gets stressful. Sure. Well, if you go see my first TEDx talk that I did at Claremont, you'll see I talked about crisis it actually brings a kind of a relief because it gets rid of all the options. Oh, that is brilliant. If you don't have a crisis, you're in a bigger one. All the demons at the gate come rushing through. Oh my God, like uh, down the street, the kid, they're putting their two-year-old kids in, in Mozart classes because they're going to get into Harvard before my kid is. Oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're so right. You recognize, you recognize this, right? Well, I, you know, I, I'm not in that world. My my yeah. group, my children are going to community colleges. And it's funny because I, I do, when I'm with them, a lot of times people will say, so where are you going to college? And are you doing the college thing yet? Are you looking around? Are you did and you got to do that? And it's really stressful. People are very, very stressed. I'm like, no, we're doing the community college thing for two years and they're going to transfer out. And that's where we're at. We're not going into that rat race. So that's the what, what we're focusing on. But well, it's, it's, again, it's a stress of opportunity. There's so many things you could be doing. Right. And especially if it's in, if you're in a competitive world in any way, emotionally or professionally or otherwise, then, you know, academically or any, any of those other reasons, you know, to be doing that yeah, yeah. for sure. So, but then, you know, learning to manage that yeah. is, is that's just part of the maturity process. Okay, David, I got another one for you. And I get, at first I want to reiterate what you said about the previous question. What did I agree to do? And how did I agree to be? I like that. How did I agree to be? What is your role and your relationship with who is asking? So this is a lot of deeper work. It kind of feels. That's why I say go. go it talk feels to the spiritual person. to me. Well, that's the way I connect a little. Well, I mean, self awareness, spiritual. Sure. Um, but that's why and, I say go. Go talk to the fire department. Yeah. yeah. What are their roles and what do they agree to be? They agreed to go to every single alarm that sounded, and ninety-five percent are false alarms. Talk about a reason to be pissed. Yeah. But they don't go, oh, that's probably false. Let's not go. Right. They just go, let's go. And if it's false, they just okay. do it. Right. They, they agree to it. And, and you just do And that's if there's just no alarm do. going off, they're getting ready for the next one. Kind of and reminds me of being in the service. Yeah, right. Exactly. It, it reminds me of that feel, a, a real commitment. I agreed to this. I signed up for this. And we just do it. Yeah. Despite the fact of all possible consequences, I just do it. Okay. So my next question for you. 
Procrastination. How do you see that? When people say, oh, how do I stop procrastinating? I get stuck. Well, the reason most people get stuck is, is out of fear of loss of control. Mm. You didn't wake up this morning called, gee, you know, Shariana, how much of a jerk can I be today? <laughs> Probably not your first priority, right? <laughs> right? So you hate to feel out of control. So what you'd want to yeah. do is avoid hopping into anything that you don't feel like you can control successfully right on the front end. Right? Ah. So, and it, by the way, just the good news for anybody listening to this, the people who procrastinate the most, the most intelligent, creative, sensitive people. Ah. Yeah. There you go. I got it. Wow. Why? Because I assume you all put yourselves in the creative, sensitive, intelligent category. Uh So you're the people who can freak yourselves out faster than anybody else, more dramatically Mm -hmm. and emotionally in about a half a second when you think about doing your taxes or talking to that person about X, Y, and Z or going and doing something new that you never did before. Mm -hmm. Because you just freak yourself out about all the possible negative consequences if it's not done perfectly. And how many things you'd have to do to do it absolutely perfectly and just blow a fuse and so don't want to engage. Well, we're back to that engagement question. Yeah. So that's why thinking what's well, what's the very next action? It's kind of like bite the thing off one at a time. You know, what's the very next thing you need to do? Pick up phone and then see what happens oh, instead of freaking out about the rest. What if it's a big project that has a deadline? There's no big project that has any next action that's any bigger than write an email go to the store and buy something, open your mouth and ask somebody a question. The next actions are all very simple to do that you can engage with pretty successfully. Yeah. You just have to, as best you can, try to prevent yourself from running down the, the fear-based right. you know, track. Of, oh my God, but what if it's not? And what if they say, and what if I don't? Not a real never. Right, right. Very disciplined, your approach. And it feels good. It's I mean, the, actually, more you, the more you talk, I feel it. Um, yeah, I, I hate the word discipline. It just you sounds do. too hard. Okay. I like the word direction. Direction. You need okay. to direct yourself. There is a direction. What to, what to think about that. Direction doesn't break a sweat. It mm. does cognitively. You actually have to train your cognitive muscles to think that way. I like Wait a that. Minute. What is this email? And what's my next step? Do I need to do something about this? What's the next thing I would need to do? That's mm-hmm. actually something. It's a cognitive muscle you can actually train. Mm-hmm. Get much easier. That can become habitual. But most people haven't trained themselves to actually think that way. Most people make those decisions when things blow up instead of when things show up. And that's a very, very different game. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, you're going to decide love- what to do with mom's birthday, but when and why. Or that you're going to decide what to do about your taxes, but when and why. Are you going to decide what to do about this relationship problem, but when and why? Yeah. And it's usually when the pressure is so hot on you that you've got to make some sort of decision. And that's usually not the best psychological state to make decisions in. Mm-hmm. So you're saying to reframe discipline with direction. Correct. And it's really directing your focus, directing your attention. Mm-hmm. What do you need to ask yourself about the email that you open up and read? What do you need to ask yourself about what's got your attention? See, most people think they're thinking, they're just, they're just mentally badminting themselves. Mm-hmm. They're just banging thoughts around. They're not really thinking. Thinking actually take, requires, okay, wait a minute. What would I need to do about this to move on this? What mm-hmm. would I need to do to get this off my mind? Which is really sort of a universal question for me. Yeah, what, what would I, I need I got, to do? I got very used to just being present, have nothing on my mind except whatever it is I'm doing. And I've been doing that for 30 years. And so once you get used to that, I just go, well, wait a minute, something's got my attention now. What do I need to do to get it off my mind? And I need to basically identify it, decide actions and outcomes if it's an actionable thing, park the results somewhere I trust I'll see at the right time. Then it's off my mind. 
Wow. Then I'm appropriately engaged. I love this. What do I need to do to get this off my mind? And then there's a process for that. So you teach workshops, I imagine. Yeah, of course. I don't really anymore, but I've got, I've got licensed certified trainers and coaches all over the world now that, okay. that are doing this. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. This is amazing work. Really is. Is there anything that final tips that you can give that someone could do right after listening to this podcast? What's one, one thing that you would offer? Yes. Get a pen and a big stack of paper and anything that's on your mind, little, big, personal, professional, subtle, not so subtle, mm-hmm. and empty your head. And mm-hmm. then, you know, if you want the second, you know, yeah. kind of invitation and challenge, mm-hmm. just take the stack and go through them one at a time and say, what's the next action I would need to do on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either take the action if you want to do it right then or write it down. If you don't, just keep track of it. That's really all you need to do. Ah. Uh. That's fabulous. So get that pen, empty your head. And what is the next action that I have to take? This is absolutely fabulous. I want to remind everyone that David's book is called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And he's at gettingthingsdone.com. And it sounds like he's trained lots of people. So there's a lot of support out there. Thank you so much, David. This has been really, really helpful today. And I really appreciate you coming on the Emotional Detox Podcast. My pleasure, Sharon. And thanks for the invitation. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And I hope that maybe you can come back again. And I want to remind everybody out there that your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Until next time. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Emotional Detox live group coaching sessions and all of Sherrianna's books, go to sherriannaboyle.com.